Hey guys, welcome back to the Earth to Tia podcast and we are back for the third episode. This episode will be all about college related things. Um, like the job market, courses, advisement, post-grad depression, um, the best sites to go to to look for jobs, um, tips on just being great in the classroom and being great on campus in regards to like being involved building up your resume the best resources i'm sorry the best resources for building up your resume and so on so about me so basically i started out at hbcu straight out of high school and i didn't really like it i hate that hbcus are unorganized I'm professional and I really hate to use the G word, but ghetto. And I just couldn't fucking deal. I just couldn't deal with it. And I'm like, I'm not going to sign loans and put myself in debt and stress myself out just for the sake of trying to maintain at an HBCU and taking pride in it and yada, yada, yada. Um, cause I won't name it, but it was just one of the HBCUs where surprise, they didn't even really take a lot of pride in sports, but cause it was just kind of bullshit overall, but they took a lot of pride in their engineering students because that, that was, I guess where the money is. I don't really know much about it. My grandfather was an engineer back in the day, but they were really pushing for students to be engineers back in like 2012 and it was just a big thing and like students were graduating and landing really really great jobs and that's cool and everything but let's not neglect the other departments and just let's get better qualified staff so that was just like the biggest problem with that but I ended up leaving I finished out my first year of course because you have to at least do a year so that you can have a GPA. So I pushed through with that. I was having like a lot of stuff going on at home, health situation, whatever. But I prospered. I was determined to persevere and be great and stuff. And, you know, black excellence and shit like that. So... <laughs> I transferred to a university that was in the heart of Baltimore. And I just felt like it was a better fit for me. It was smaller. I kind of missed the luxury of having a bigger university because with a bigger university, you have more options to choose from as far as professors, um, class times. And that's when Rate My Professor comes into play. Rate My Professor is a really great site. You guys should check it out if you haven't already. It's not too late. The semester hasn't started yet. You can always go on that site to kind of do like a background check, like a case search on professors that you are considering um, taking classes with because you don't want to get locked into a professor that's a well-known asshole on campus. And I would hate for you to get locked into that class thinking like you've scored like a really great time but then like the professor's a bitch 
and she makes your life really, really hard, and you're like, wow, this time slot is really great, but like, she's making my life hell, or he's making my life hell. So just really be mindful of what of the professor that you choose to take and spend less time focusing on trying to secure a great time. Though I won't recommend like 8 a.m. classes or like late night classes if you don't have to. You should kind of want to aim for like the middle of the day, but also space your classes out so that you're not running to your next class because that was my issue my freshman year at um, the HBCU. I kind of wanted to start early and end early because I was a commuter student, so I, I really didn't want to stay on campus. That just, I just felt like that wasn't in the stars for me. It just wasn't a good fit for me, and I'd prefer to stay home. I really was impressed to be grown and be an adult in the big wide world on campus. Like, no, and I don't want to eat the shitty cafeteria food that they serve there that they make you take out all those loans for and the food just fucking sucks and you're shitting your brains out and you're missing your classes and shit yeah so transferred to the smaller university it kind of sucked that there was less professors to choose from but at the same time it kind of worked because they were more oriented towards like meeting the needs of the students it wasn't just 40 of you all sitting in one lecture hall and like they don't even know your name or they're just calling your name off the roster to do a presentation or for attendance like these professors kind of actually got to know you to some degree they knew you by name and um you know you weren't just one of many when you requested like um office time or whatever the fuck this shit is called but um yeah so it just kind of worked i didn't feel overwhelmed and like i was a really shy student in high school and then it spilled over into college and like i can honestly say it got a lot better but the shyness created anxiety so being around a bunch of people in a classroom and i'm trying to learn and taking the material and then having to do presentations in front of like a fucking football stadium full of students was just too much for me. It was just too much sometimes. And um, I kind of wanted to scale back so that I could focus actually on the material, the concepts, the things that I was supposed to learn instead of like having my anxiety always behind me in the back of my mind. I'm nervous all the time and Having to meet new people and do group projects and shit, like, it was just too much. And my first group project was fucking hell. It was fucking hell. So, I'm a psychology major. I have a bachelor's of art in psychology. And my first semester at the HBCU was one of my first group projects. And it was, it was pretty bad. So, basically, we had to do a study where we, I forget the name of it, I'm just, I'm shitty, because I always knew enough to pass the exams and such, and that's horrible, but I'll teach you, I'll tell you, not teach you, not gonna lie, I'll tell you ways to not memorize the material, but actually absorb it and take it in, but we'll get into that later. So basically, we were supposed to go to like a local food spot and um, 
kind of gather participants and I think it was a study about gratuity or gratitude or something like that and we were supposed to take note of how many participants said thank you after receiving a service at a food establishment or some type of hospitality establishment sorry so it got complicated because it was about five of us in a group and I'm not hard to catch up with, especially when it comes to education. You know, I'm paying to be here, so I'm not going to do anything that's going to complicate the process of the learning and obtaining stellar grades. I'm just not. And um, these girls just wanted, they were a little older, I want to say, or I don't know, but they just, they just simply didn't give a fuck. And they weren't showing up. They weren't replying to emails or texts or whatever. And, of course, and it's not snitching because, like, what the fuck? We're not on the street. But you have to communicate with the professor at that point because then if you don't communicate with the professor about what's going on within the group or if people aren't doing their part or whatever, they'll just group you together as slackers because you didn't communicate and you didn't say anything you just went along with the ride and you were complacent and cool with just not doing shit and everything looking a mess and I wasn't too pleased with the professor because she just kind of said that okay like that's not good with their like what they were doing wasn't cool and it wasn't good whatever but like as a result I'm gonna have to pick up the slack so I'm gonna have to do all of these different parts of the project that was supposed to be evenly split between five to six people and it was just like me and one other girl so now we're doing double work if not triple and it just it was it blew me because especially because the girls when the presentation day got closer they were trying to reach out and I'm like where were y'all bitches at like Niggas was working hard, and I'm out here like, I don't know shit about a research project. And I'm skimming through that textbook hard as fuck in my notes, looking through all of those, trying to make it come together and make sense. And it was just really hard having that pressure on me because you had all of them just kind of chilling. And, like, they were coming to class every week, and that was the stupidest part of it all. We were seeing each other every week, and they were just, like, coming and taking notes like we didn't have a pending project on the way but whatever so like i said i was determined to come out of that project i was not project i was determined to come out of that semester and really that entire year on top so that i can get out of a shitty situation in order to be better and once i got to my second university in my alma mater I I felt much better and I felt at peace like I felt like the people there were a bit more professional um it was also a university that was oriented towards like working class students like people who still had full-time jobs and were working towards getting a master's degree or certification but it was just generated towards working people period like I was able to maintain uh, I want to say about two part-time jobs during my time 
there. I was a mentor, I was a transfer success coach to all of the transfer students that were like me. And I was able to guide them and give them like all of the best tips and all of the best resources on ways to just prosper in a new environment. Um, and then I just, I had like a regular shitty job that was just keeping money in my pocket as well. But it just felt great to kind of be in a better environment that was conducive to learning. Um, cause I had so many bad experiences at the HBCU that it's, it's just one of those things that give you, that gives you war flashbacks because it was just so shitty and it was only one year, but I was able to come out. I graduated with honors, bachelor's of arts and psychology, and it just, it was great until it wasn't, but we'll get into that later as well. So we're going to start off with some tips and I'm going to give you guys who are going back into a semester, I mean back to school for the fall or just starting or you're getting ready to go to college soon. Like I want to give you the best bit of information that I know from my experience. Because not only did I go to, you know, two colleges, but it was a smaller university and a larger university with a plethora of different, like, it was just two different environments that gave me, like, a true aspect of the college experience. But um, my first tip is going to be making yourself marketable. Or, like, making yourself more appealing to employers. You want, if it's not too late for you, I would say that you would consider, I don't want to say change your major, but I want you to make sure that what you're studying is still going to be appealing to employers by the time you graduate. So, if you can't go on Indeed or LinkedIn or anywhere and what you aspire to be or the career path that you want to follow doesn't have a ton of jobs lined up for you, whether it's in your city or outside your city. Like you just kind of, you want to have a good idea of what you're getting into and you don't want to be like, oh shit, like they only have a job opening for that in Wyoming. And I live all the way in Florida. And there are no job openings in my city, my town, not even two hours away. You want to make sure that what you're doing is going to benefit you in the long run. Um, When I was, I also did a part-time job in an internship. So, and I was in school full-time at that time. So it was just like a fucking lot because I was doing a research project. An analytical research study at the same time as the internship in the full-time classes like and then going to work it was just it was a lot but anyway so basically I want you to pay attention to what these job markets are looking for do you need a certification Um, Do you need any licensing? Do you need hours? This is for like 
I guess if you're going into a field of like dealing with children, then you would want to have those hours under your belt or you want to be working on finding somewhere where you can get a certification for whatever it is that you're trying to do. But the main point is that you want to make sure that what you're doing is still going to be relevant and that you don't have to, you know, give up an arm and a leg to get to it and that you're not miserable in the end because it just wasn't what you dreamt. And you want to have realistic expectations for the career path that you're going down. You don't want to be like, oh, like, I watched some TV show and, like, she was living her dream and I can do it too. Or you see somebody on Instagram and they're doing something and you're like, oh, I can do it. Like, it doesn't always work like that. So, yeah, just be realistic with yourself. Go log on to Indeed and search um, the job title that you want to have and see what it's hitting for. Because if it's not looking good, then you need to come up with a game plan. And I believe in having plan A's, B's, C's, D's, whatever. Even if, you know, you have to divert your path, like, the goal is still the same. But you always want to make sure that you have enough to take care of yourself at the end. Because the point that I was getting to that I almost forgot was that my internship supervisor told me he was a really nice guy and he came here from Burma he was basically blacklisted from his country because he tried to overthrow the government and you know I hope nobody kills me for saying this but if the CIA or whoever the fuck is listening but basically he was telling me that throughout everything that he went through in his life and now he's in the career that he's in, which was case management. Um, I was working with refugees with him. And basically, we were getting refugees integrated into Baltimore City. And resettling them, whether it was temporarily or permanently, depending on what was going on in their home countries. And my final day there, we had went out to lunch and everything and blah, blah, blah. And he was just basically telling me, like, whatever you do... You want to aim for a career that will pay you at least $60,000. You need a $60,000 salary because you need to be able to provide for yourself, pay your bills, you know what I mean? Keep clothes on your back, eat, pay off your debts, school loans and such. And I was like, wow, like that's, that's basically how much you need to start off with. And right now that number sounds astronomical because these jobs want you to have licensing, certifications, degrees, 30 years of experience, even though it takes four years to get a degree, but whatever. Like those numbers aren't adding up, but they want you to have all of these things, but they aren't, real, they aren't really willing to pay you more than 30K or 40K or maybe even 25K and they want you to even in the case management field of like social work, they want you to use your own car to pick up clients. And I really wouldn't recommend that, especially if you're dealing with clients that are mentally ill or have cognitive disabilities and such. Like that's really dangerous and that can really ruin your fucking life. If you have a disabled person in your car and they 
jump out or some shit. Like, does your insurance cover that? Like, will the company cover you? Will they have your back when shit gets bad? But whatever. I really, I really wouldn't recommend that. And I'm a realistic person. I like to see things realistically. And I just wouldn't fuck with those jobs. And I had a friend feel like I was bursting her bubble because I told her, like, that's not, that's not appealing. As an employee, that's not appealing. So it was like, in a sense, we have to figure out what's appealing to the employer, but they also need to be focused on what's appealing to us. And she just felt like I was bursting her bubble by telling her that that wasn't an ideal job. And I'm like, uh, bitch, like, it's not. I promise it's not. I'm not bursting your bubble. I'm just being realistic. You're driving around with mentally disabled people in your car. That can go bad, like really bad. Michael Jackson bad. And it won't be slight. You won't be able to bounce back. Like, it'll be so many different things coming at you from from different angles because of how bad that can go. And, yeah, so you kind of just want to focus on things and a career path that will get you where you desire to be. You don't want to spend four years of college or go to grad school and you're like, wow, I'm fucked, like. I'm not even in my field or this isn't what I saw for myself or I don't even want to be in this state or I don't even want to live here or my lights are cut off. Just try to see the, and it's hard for people to see the bigger picture so early on, but I want you to see the bigger picture as early as possible so that you can avoid any heartaches, any stress, whatever. Just see the bigger picture and make sure that you're following your passion, but you're also making yourself marketable. So now, now you're now we're past the part of picking majors and disciplines and such, because I recommend if you have the option of going into college undecided, then I think you should do so, especially in your first year, because you don't want to be flip flopping around because then over time you realize that you're not even accumulating credits credits because you've just been jumping around and shit like nothing's amounting to anything because you're not in that same field or you're not studying that same thing that you were before and they don't correlate so it just doesn't work but you do want to make sure that when you're linking up with your advisor like you guys are seeing eye to eye and you're making sure that you're following the right path because you could be taking classes that are too advanced or taking classes at a pace that's just a bit too slow and it's holding you back and you're not set to graduate on time or you're you feel like your schedule is all over the place and your courses aren't cohesive so even if your advisor is shitty then I guess it's kind of up to you to look at what's best for you look at your curriculum Check off what you have met already and what you need to meet and how you can compi- compile it sorry, into a schedule for yourself for the upcoming semesters or that current semester, whatever. So that's a big thing. Advisement is everything because they could have you taking classes that just don't have anything to do with your major or 
it's a requirement, but there's a better requirement that goes along with what you're studying. But they're trying to get the attendance up in some fucktarts class or something. Because they don't want to close out that class. So they're like, they're just going to throw niggas like you inside to build up the attendance when you really should be in 302 instead of taking stupid ass anthropology or some shit. Because that happened to me one time. And I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything that I'm studying? Like, keep in mind, I, I've consistently been a psychology major. So I don't know why the fuck I was in that class. But whatever. So, you also, even before you get into the major, you also want to find a college that fits you. Like, you don't want to get into a college that's in the middle of fucking nowhere. You're not near anything. Like, if you wanted to pick up a part-time job, you have to walk two hours to the nearest Taco Bell. Or, um, the school is just not offering activities or things that's just appealing like you want to make sure that you look at it in its entirety don't get too caught up on the fact that the school accepted you but be more focused on what they have to offer for you yeah that sounded like hella smart but yeah so well now we're going to get into how you can have like a really really stellar semester because that is everything and it's, I know it can be hard because being in college is a bit overwhelming and you kind of just want to take the time to hone in and focus on what you need to focus on. And I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit of an introvert, so it may have been a bit easier for me just for the simple fact that I wasn't mixing and mingling with everyone. I kind of was just focused on what I needed to do. So I didn't really get caught up in any drama. I wasn't pulled into like a ton of clubs or just getting drug out for, that sounded bad, drug out. I wasn't being brought out to go to the bar for drinks or anything like that. I kind of just stay focused on completing assignments, working on research projects, um, doing projects pretty early or whatever. But the first the first tip I want to offer is organization. Now, it's up to you to figure out what's the best way for you to be organized and remember assignments or whatever. So if you need to buy an agenda, that's pretty, that's like the most simplistic way to stay organized for me. Because when I first get the syllabus, after all my classes are done for the day or the week or whatever, I take all this, the syllabi or the syllabuses and... um. Because don't think I'm dumb, but, like, that's still up for debate. Because I've heard actual teachers saying, like, well, it has Greek origins, so blah, blah, blah. But whatever. I digress. So, basically, with an agenda, I would take all of the syllabi or the syllabuses, and I would add all of the due dates for each assignment into the calendar. And... Then once those are all added in, so it was like every month, like I'd be like, oh yeah, that's due. Or like if I look a month ahead or whatever, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's due on that day. And then I have a presentation on this day and blah, 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 blah. Like it just made everything easier because it was like I already knew about it. I didn't have to look through any specific syllabus. But also the reminders app. 
if you have an iPhone, the Reminders app is perfect for it. It can remind you whenever you're at a specific location. It can remind you on a specific day. It can remind you um, every day on a specific day. You can put a certain amount of exclamation points to put emphasis on the importance of whatever task it is. Um, I don't know. I just really like it because it's like a checklist. Like, it just looks really good when you put everything on a checklist and then you just kind of see yourself ticking this stuff off. But that's just my personal thing. But also, like, if you have Google, you can use Google Alerts, the Google Calendar. I'm not really into that. But it just really helps to stay organized any of those ways, however which way you remember, whether it's a planner, an app, a calendar alert, an alarm. Like, you just really want to stay on the money. And you don't want the reminder or the alarm to be the day before. I recommend doing it at least two weeks in advance. So, like, I feel like that's last minute. But even if that's last minute, that's still enough time for you to, like, fuck it up, not know what you're doing, still kind of ask around, or even three weeks, maybe three weeks. Because you can still ask around or even contact the professor and not feel like a complete fucking flunky. Or a slacker. Because it's like, well, no, because I was looking at it and I just felt unsure about something. Because if you're emailing them, like, the week before or two days before, they're going to be like, this fucking slacker. Like, best believe professors are biased. And they'll be like, they were just dicking around anyway. So when when it's time to grade papers or assignments, they'll search your name and be like, yeah, you just get an automatic C or a D. Okay, so another important thing is staying motivated you just want to be focused like you want to not get you don't want to get discouraged by any little thing I remember when I was in college and I had my fair share of bad grades and I felt like my world was ending especially with me getting financial aid because you do have to make sure that you're meeting your mark with when you have that but It was just really stressful. So trying to stay motivated when you're stressful is, it's hard. It's, it's a toughie. And, um, it's really up to you. It's really up to you to decide how you, like, what's the attitude that you want to go forward with? Like, do you just kind of want to stay in a slump and you're just bringing back piss poor grades and subpar work submitting some subpar papers and barely doing your end of the group project like you still want to continue with the attitude that you still have the ability to be great because that was literally what I did even when I got a bad grade I was just like oh my god my life is over but then it was at the same time I'm like no this isn't the end like I can bounce back from this like I know I'm a really good student I work really hard and I'm You know, maybe I was just dealing with a lot because you can be stressed and not know your stress. So I can be like, maybe I was stressed or I had anxiety about something and I just didn't know it. But I can do better and I can be better and I will do better and I will be better. And I still have time. Like, it's never too late to be great. So another big thing is study. You really need to study. 
I I really didn't study when I was in high school. So when I got to college, I was like, oh, shit, I really have to, like, get the index cards and look through the study guides and such. Like, I really got to get on my shit. But it was cool because at first it was foreign to me. And then it was like, you know what? I got this. I got this. So for me, I have to do like multiple study techniques in order for certain things to click especially if it's like a a really really dry class um I have to kind of do work a little harder to make this to retain the information make the coursework make sense make it something that I can teach somebody else because that's another big thing if you can teach the concept or the chapter to somebody else then basically you're straight for the exam But if you can't and it's just not making sense or you're like, uh, or you can't remember that one word, like, that's not good. Because if you're still doing that the day of the exam, like nine times out of ten, you're fucked. But basically what I did was I did flashcards for a little while and like that works. But it depends on what the concept is and what the term is, because if it's a heavier term, then you'll just be writing like a long ass essay on the flashcard and that just kind of defeats the purpose of a simplistic learning tool so if you have some terms that are limited to I want to say about two sentences then yeah like use the index card for those but some of my professors were really cool and they would give us access to the powerpoints and or a study guide So, here's what I would do, and this may work for some of you. I would make my own study guides. Regardless of what they sent, I would take the study guide as a reference um, as to, like, what I would add to my own. But basically, I would go in, and I would do outline view and PowerPoint, and I would basically copy and paste the outline view, and I would put it into a Word doc. And, like, just relax. It sounds like a lot, but you're going to thank me later if you actually give this a try. So once I put it into the Word document, I would go through. I would go through my notes. And I would go through the study guide if the professor provided one. And I would add in the relevant content. What was actually discussed in the lecture? What was some key points in the text? Now, one of my biggest mistakes in college when I first started out, I want to say like my sophomore year, was that I got caught up in, because you both have professors who are super fucking petty. Make sure that you at least give the text a chance. Read it to the best of your ability. It can be so fucking boring, I know, but give it a shot because you will have professors who will try to catch you slipping. Because sometimes you can slip through the cracks and not read the text and know exactly what the fuck is going on until the exam comes. So you'll have professors who will discuss everything under the sun except that last, second, third paragraph on page 64 that you just so happen to decide not to read. That will be on the exam and you will be fucking lost. It's it's horrible. 
Um, nothing worse than seeing an exam put in front of you and you don't even know what the hell is going on. Like, devastation. So, when you do that, you put in the relevant information into that outline view. So, sometimes professors may put questions in their PowerPoint because they make the, um, the lecture interactive. So, they're hoping to get an answer out of the student, whatever. You always want to pay attention at that point because that question will be on the exam, I promise. So I always paid attention at that part, and instead of keeping the question, I would put the answer to it as, as well as like the term in a sentence in a way that I can remember and retain. Um, yeah, like that just really that really really worked for me because it made learning the information easier and going back and studying a lot easier because I was learning it the way that the professor presented it to me in their PowerPoint, but with the answers. So yeah, Quizlet is great too. Quizlet has like a ton of ways that you can learn how to, um, like not learn how to, sorry, but like take it as a test, like your own little mini study guide version of your exam and flashcards and all types of games that will help make the information stay. And that's kind of cool, but for me, it kind of goes hand in hand with the it got it goes hand in hand with the flashcard situation because you you can't put heavy information depending on what you're studying. It's kind of hard to learn a concept with a flashcard when you have like a mile worth of definition for it, or you have to put an example of a uh, a concept or um, an act that went along with it like be mindful of that because I would recommend that for that study guide technique like create your own study guide thing that I just said so tutoring sessions are your BFFs too especially if you're studying math um, I had to take pre-calc or calculus I really can't remember but I had to take it as um, my math requirement for psychology and I really sucked at it. I sucked at math, period. But this was this was something else. And then you had professors who knew that there was like five, six equations per chapter. And would say like, you can't have like a little cheat sheet for the equations. So you're trying to remember how to do the equation and remember how the equation even fucking looked. And it was just really hard. And, um... It just, it was rough. Even, even with stats, I had to take a research and statistics class in the university that I ended up staying at, the second one. They combined it all together, and that really fucking sucked too because you're trying to learn two different things in one lecture, which was really bad, and I hope that I can put in a complaint for that or something because it fucking sucked. But... You want to go to tutoring sessions because that's what I ended up having to do with the calculus. And it helped to some degree, but it was also required if we were um, getting certain grades on our exams. We had to go so it could show that we were putting in an effort for being better, period. Time management is everything. It's everything. I promise it's everything. So just like I told you with the um, 
the planner and the agenda and the apps that's like that's like a part of it it's like a branch of time management because you want to make sure that you're making time for these things you want to know that when you look in your agenda you see an assignment and you're like fuck i gotta do a 12-hour shift at work or like i'm working all weekend or i'm going on vacation like that's another thing priorities you want to make sure your priorities are straight before you dip off to spring break or whatever but especially if you're working time management is really important um when i was working so i did the two part-time jobs one semester and then another semester i did the internship part-time which was free labor but it was like a part-time job and then i had a regular part-time job in retail and it was a lot but because i managed my time so well I didn't fall behind in anything because I knew I was like, well, looking at my calendar or looking at my planner, my work schedule and my internship schedule. I'll have time to do this on this day. I have a few hours to work on that on this day. But another great thing about time management is when you're doing it well, you finish things early. And I like to work on assignments early. So if I know that there's a project that's due in May, I'll start working on it in March. Because I need to know that, like, I still have time to look it over again before I turn it in or present it or whatever. And know that it'll be straight. And then if another assignment pops up or an extra extra credit assignment pops up, I'll have time to do all of those things and not feel stressed, not feel pressured. But everything is just kind of slowly coming together, especially when the semester is wrapping up. You don't want to feel frantic or feel like you're rushing to do everything because that's just not cool. You want to feel like you're everything is coming to a close. And the only thing you need to do is submit and drop papers off. And that's it. Like, it's an amazing feeling, I promise. So. You also want to build a rapport with your professors. You want to make sure that you're on their good side. I'm not saying be a kid, like kiss their ass, be a kiss up or whatever. But you want to make sure that, you know, this is a class that nine times out of ten, maybe you feel like you're going to struggle with or it's really fucking hard or whatever. You want to keep constant communication to let them know that, like, you know that you aren't that great at it, but you do want to put in the effort to be great or to try to do as best as possible. So if you feel like you don't understand something or you need a special session to sit and talk with them about something, you know, take the time to reach out or take the time to sit with them so that they know that you're trying and you're not a piece of shit. But another great reason to build rapport is for when it comes time to get rec- letter of recommendations. You want them to be honest. You want them to be truthful. You don't want them to feel like they're writing a blanket, blanket statement about you. This is kind of generic and dry. You want them to feel like, you know, I watched her grow. I watched him grow as a student. And, you know, they knew that the content of my particular course was pretty rigid but and rigid and strenuous and it demanded a lot out of them and I know that they were going through some things personally because 
that's another good thing too. I mean, that's another good thing to do is reach out. If you know that you had a death in your family or you're having some financial woes or just some things in your life are just not really going well, just let them know so that it doesn't seem like you're just falling behind just because. And it doesn't give you an excuse to continue to fall behind, but it's like, I guess like um, not asking for special help, but kind of like, can you just bear with me sort of situation? Because sometimes you'll get an extension on an assignment just for the simple fact. And you won't have to suffer from losing a grade point for every day just because you communicated with them. You let them know what was up. So, yeah, you want them to be able to feel like they watch you grow and they're cool. And, you know, of course, no inappropriate relationships with professors. But it just it's just really great to build a rapport with them when it comes time to get a um, letter of recommendations. And kind of just doing, like, like networking with them and such. Especially if you add them on um, LinkedIn. So, yeah. Always do extra credit work. You never know how immensely and greatly it will impact your greed or whatever, like... I'm not saying being an overachiever, but I think that it's helpful where you can kind of get those points where you can. And just it just makes your life easy because you're like, well, well, if I do this, then I know I'll get an A, even though I kind of sucked on those last two exams. So it was like, wow, I got an A and all I had to do was just write a paper about something that we already discussed in class. Like sometimes it's not always really, really hard or it doesn't really require much from you. Um, sometimes you have to miss out on fun and, you know, sometimes you may not be able to make it out to spring break because you have a spring internship that requires you to be there Monday through Friday for however, for however many hours, or, you know, you just can't make it out for drinks that night because you have to finish up a paper or you can't link for snacks or burgers or food or whatever the fuck because you have to have a group meeting for your group project like it's just all about prioritizing and making sacrifices there will always be time for fun in between semesters I promise unless you're taking summer or winter courses then I don't know what the fuck to tell you but yeah like sometimes you just have to make sacrifices here and there because it'll pay off in the long run so another thing is getting involved. I think one of the best things that you could ever do was get involved at your school. I did a couple volunteer opportunities. I was a student note taker for disabled students who weren't able to take their own notes. I also volunteered for the food pantry at the nearby elementary school for Baltimore City Schools, and we like gave out food to people that lived in the neighborhood. And yeah, but I think it's just great to get involved that way. I didn't do a ton of volunteer opportunities. I kind of wish I did, but it's good to have those kinds of things under your belt because it looks good to 
employers and such because it looks like you're involved in community outreach. Um, you're just involved, period, in getting things done in your community or whatever field you aspire to be in. It's not like, hey, I want this job here. And they're like, well, you didn't even try to like do anything during your time as a graduate student or even undergrad. You just want this job. But sometimes it's just not realistic to get a volunteer opportunity in whatever field it is. And sometimes companies just need to acknowledge the fact that you learned what you learned in the the classroom environment. But now they need to give you the opportunity to apply to apply it to the to the work environment. And nobody wants to work for free all the time. Like I'm not going to go and do 4 years of school and then do free work for what? That was part of the reason why I left my internship that I did my analytical study on. It was great. I love working with those people and meeting people from Burma and Eritrea and Ukraine and Russia and um, just all types of countries. But it just gets complicated because it's like I can't stay here for an indefinite amount of time and just continue to work for free. Now, if you hire me, that's one thing. And then some people's logic is that with volunteering and internships because if you're doing an internship for free you're basically volunteering but basically it's not your fault if they don't offer you a job opportunity it's not that you were shitty or whatever because I did great at mine and I'm thinking like if I wasn't doing great then you should have cut me loose but you should never feel bad about the fact that you that that opportunity or that job opportunity never came up for you. It's just their loss. And maybe the the company is just cheap as fuck and they don't want to make budget cuts or they don't want to take away from their favorite people in order to spend the money on a new employee. But that's a whole other thing. So it's just important to be involved it looks good on your resume. Um, so that was it for my tips. Now, I do want to get into my resources. So at the top of my list for resources is LinkedIn. Um, I had to create a LinkedIn for one of my human services courses during my junior year of college. We basically had to create a portfolio um, of ourselves, our work, our skills, so that it you know, we're kind of presenting it to like an imaginary employer. But it was really good to know that I was capable of doing that. Um, but also knowing like what what goes into that, like what's the appropriate information that should be in a portfolio. And we had to do that on paper, but we also had to create the LinkedIn and, you know, learn about like what's the appropriate type of picture to post um you know, you should be business business casual. Uh, selfies aren't horrible, but if it's a selfie, you know, you still want to make sure that you're dressed business casual or, you know, you just, just make sure that it's professional because employers really look at your LinkedIn profile. But the reason why I consider LinkedIn to be a resource is because 
it's basically your virtual resume. When you go on LinkedIn, they give you the option to, of course, do the profile picture. Um, so it's the profile picture. You can share your work. So like with my analytical study, I was able to post the file for that onto my page. So if I was looking for a research job or I wanted to let an employer know to check out my work, I would say I have a link to my study and my data and my results on my page. And you can click it to see more. But also, you can put your skills, you can put your career interests, um, you can say you're interested in philanthropy, um, human rights, animal rights, uh, all sorts of things. Um, but you can also put like your work experience. So you could put the names of the companies that you work for. So I was able to put the organization that I work for as an intern. Um, I was able to put my college down for when I was a transfer success coach for them because I did get paid for that, which was really great. I loved it. And um, the student note taker volunteer. And that was cool. I got a stipend for that, but that was a really great working experience. Um, you can also put your education. So you can put a degree that you're working on, the degrees that you have obtained. Um, you could put your, like, what skills you have in as far as, like, software. So, like, Microsoft Office, Excel, Access, whatever. You could put the courses that you've taken. So you can put the specific courses that you feel like would... Um, catch the eye of the employer that you want to work for. But it's just really great because it's like people can see your virtual resume. And I feel like resumes are kind of bland. They're like really, really bland. But they can be, but it's ways to work on it. And it's like, how can I simplify this? Like, you want your resume to be appealing and eye-catching, but you don't want to be too eye-catching that it distracts the employer from what you're trying to tell them, what you're trying to convey. And one site that I like is Resume.com. Resume.com is a really cool site. And, like, it gave me, like, a pretty plain and simple resume, but... The way that it was um, structured, I liked, I liked the way that it was structured. It just it showed my education, um, my job experience, my skills, and, you know, of course, the um, contact information at the top. One thing you never do, I don't know if people are still doing this, but never, ever, ever, ever put your address on your resume. Um, if you can Google yourself... And your resume pops up and your resume and stuff pops up like that's really really not good that's that's fucking scary and um, yeah so LinkedIn is really great resume.com is great um, those are two great resources to build up your resume and then you want to look at you want to look at LinkedIn as a virtual resume and you can talk to employers on there you can connect with professors 
Um, you can add mentors, supervisors. Um, what's another thing? You can apply for jobs straight through there using your LinkedIn profile. So the employer can just skim straight through, through your thing. But also it's really great if you're applying to a job. And I don't know if you've ever noticed on the application, it asks for websites. You can use your LinkedIn link on that application as a way to kind of give them more material to kind of get to know you, what you look like. Which can suck in a way because they can make a judgment about you. But at the same time, it could go either way. And why not just take a chance? Okay, so other resources as far as textbooks. Textbooks during undergrad were so expensive. Like, I was spending like six, $700 on textbooks. That by the time the year was over, they were worth like $50. And I really wasn't getting much back when I was selling them. But they were like 120 almost $200 when I had to buy them. But one thing that you can use is campusbooks.com. Um, that's a really great site that will link you to a bunch of other bookseller sites. And you can compare prices, the condition of the book, and such from there. Um... You can also go one of the places that they'll connect you to. Well, one of the sites they'll connect you to is Chegg. So you can go straight to Chegg if you like to. But, of course, it's still up to you. Um, you can also reach out to your professor and ask them, does the addition of the text matter as well? Because if the addition doesn't matter and the content and the material is still the same, then you can get a book for way cheaper than instead of trying to buy the, the most recent one. Also, if your university or your school has the, um, the textbook in their library, um, you can scan the pages as needed. But that's like if you're really, really cheapo. It, it really depends. Um, you can also Google like PDFs, try to find PDFs of the text that you're looking for. So you can try to look into like whether you can... Just download the PDF of a whole book or a certain chapter that you need um, without really spending money. Uh, I'm going to make a post with all this information on my blog, EarthToTia.co. And if I can find the master post that I once had on Tumblr, I will provide the link so that you can sift through it and decide like which site is the best as far as looking for PDFs to certain textbooks. Um, but yeah, like the scanning the pages at the library thing is like really, really a last resort because it's so tedious and I don't want y'all out here looking broke because that's some broke boy shit. But yeah, so I feel like I gave you guys like a ton of information, but I do want to add for like those of you who are thinking about getting into college and you feel like it's too late or you're too old or you stop and start and don't really commit I do want to say that it's never too late I do want to say that if you're a stop and starter then you need to prioritize and I like prioritize before you make the decision to go back so that you aren't paying off loans and you only did one semester you want to you want to know that what you're doing is you're for real 
And if you still feel unsure, then chill out, fall back. But it's never too late. It's never too late to start. And even if you feel like you don't want to lock yourself into another four years, look into certification courses. Um, look into like coding, um, CompTIA, with um, cybersecurity analysts. Like look into those type of things that don't demand as much from you, but you're still just as appealing to the job market.